Hi, I'm Steph. And I'm Jules. And welcome to The The Babesment. (laughs) Steph is a body positive photographer. And Jules is an intuitive eating and body image coach. And we have both dedicated our lives to empowering women to own their bodies and themselves so that they can live their biggest lives. And now we want to welcome you into these powerful conversations. So join us as we hear from women and anyone working through and overcoming struggles in their bodies. We are inspired daily by the lives they live and we can't wait to share their empowering life lessons with you. All right, we are back in the themes. Okay, I'm sorry. I need you to take it down a notch. (laughs) You are, this isn't the Julie Variety Hour where you just sing. It's not. Uh, it's not. It's I not mean, the Julie Variety Hour. Oh my Julie God, Ver- what's wrong with me? I'm sorry. I'm really sorry. You're not sorry at all. I'm going to blame the rain from last night mm-hmm. because I woke mm-hmm. up to the rain. It was beautiful. But I, I woke up to the rain. And then I'm trying to be a really good wife. And Alex needs to wake up earlier to get more studying in for his goddamn CFA. And I was like, how can I support you? I'm like, would it help if I woke up early with you? Oof. And usually that'd be great because like I would hop on my bike and get a workout in. But like today I, I'm taking a rest day. Like my body's tired. So yeah. I was like, I woke up early just to like do nothing. And that's like not great. <laughs> I mean, that's so I'm like, me. I'm like delirious now. <laughs> That's been me kind of every day because I've been waking up really early because it's outdoor goddess session season for the next like week, which means I have shoots at 7.30 in the morning, which means I am waking up at 6.30. But then I keep having random days. Like yesterday, I woke up at 5.15. No reason. Just, just no reason. like, cool. Just because it's not even <laughs> light outside. I'm what? like, that's the thing. It's like when it's dark out... Like I can come down into the basement and like hop on my bike when it's dark out and that's cool. But like... There's not much else I want to do when it's dark out. I mean, I want to be asleep. I want to be asleep when it's it's like in frozen. It's (sighs) like if the the sun's awake, then I'm awake or the sky's awake. But like, sky's not awake. I don't understand why I'm awake. You know, it's it's a thing. It's a thing. So we have a solo episode today. We do. It's just you and me here. I'm really excited because I feel like there's been so much building to this episode. Like so many times I've been like, <laughs> like I've needed to express things. Yes. And I've been like wanting to talk about these things on the podcast. Yeah. So it's been like so much building to this because these things would come up and I'm just like, oh my gosh, I need to talk, to talk about these things on the on the podcast. <laughs> so here we are finally able to talk mm-hmm. about some of these things that have been getting under my skin lately. Diet culture being a real, such a sneaky bitch. And so there have been... A few things lately, y'all, that I, I just think we really need to address. And so I think, it, you know, it, it, it's just so helpful to call these things out so that when we when we see them, we can see them as diet culture and not be tricked. Yeah. Because diet culture can be so insidious and sneak into our, our minds and our psyches and our lives without us even realizing it. It's so true. It's like, oh my God. One of the areas that we'll start with that really, 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 really fires me up is the area of like personal growth or self-help, however you want to call it, right? I am a personal growth junkie. 
Yes. Like, hi, I'm a coach. Of course, I love of personal course growth. I am, right? Like, we love to see it. We love to see Snaps it. Snaps for personal growth. Snaps for personal growth. <laughs> Snaps for self help books. Like, I eat it up. And I, I mean, I'm trained in what's called the transformational coaching method, which is a lot of like neuro linguistic programming. I'm a big, as you know, Steph, we have so many like conversations. I'm a big mindset geek, you guys. Abundance, baby. Oh my God. I'm about abundance <laughs> mindset. Love manifestation. Mm -hmm. I have manifested so many things in my life. Well, I mean, our whole lives are manifested. So (laughs) there's that. But you know what I mean? I love all this stuff. I eat it all up. I'm I'm doing trainings. I'm reading books. Like I love to really dive into the intricacies of reprogramming our brains to really set us up for like automatic success in life. Yeah. Because that's a thing, you guys. Oh, absolutely. (laughs) Our identity, our beliefs, all of that stuff matters so deeply. Yeah. Pulling in what we want for our lives and ourselves and who we want to be. Yes. It's all under our control, baby. It is. Like, (laughs) yeah, our our beliefs are powerful. I do a lot of belief work in my private coaching, you know, sessions. And so I'm always like reading these books and doing these trainings. And oh my God, the one thing that they always do, and it's funny because I had someone DM me about this. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, yep, I know. They will always use examples when they're talking about like how to like rewire your brain and shift your identity and blah, 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 which are amazing things. I love those things. But they'll always use the example of weight loss. Ugh. Always, always. Even like spiritual teachers will use the example of weight loss. And I'm just like, oh my God, that is so fat phobic. That is so harmful. And it's such a bad example. They use it for two reasons. They're caught in diet culture right. and they can't recognize the the harm and what a bad example that really is. But also because it's like low-hanging fruit. You know, we all struggle with, well, so many people struggle with dieting their weight, weight loss because we know that weight loss doesn't work. You know, so it's that low hanging fruit where they can be like, oh, like this example, for instance, weight loss, you know, but it's like, let's back up and let's talk about why that's a really bad example for these books. Like we know that intentional weight loss, you guys, it doesn't work because of biology. Yeah. You know, like we talked about it before on the podcast, we have a set point weight that is as genetic as our heights as our shoe sizes, as our boob sizes, right? Like, and so when we go below the set point weight, our bodies fight to get us back up. Yeah. They, it triggers that reduction in leptin, which is going to increase metabolism, or decrease metabolism, excuse me, decrease metabolism and increase appetite, which is really smart. It's our bodies being like, hey, stop starving me. I need to eat, right? Mm-hmm. Trying to save us. And that's why 98% of people regain the weight and 60% regain more than they started with. Like, this isn't an identity crisis, you guys. It's called biology. And I am so sick and tired of hearing mindset manifestation coaches talk about weight loss. Like, you can manifest a smaller body. It's damaging. Yeah. And the truth is, is that it's just going to lead to more and more eating disorders. So you, they, are, they are harming their people but then also they're stigmatizing because they're making all these assumptions in their books that if you're in a bigger body, you must be lazy and sitting on the couch eating bonbons. Like one one book legit said that. And I was just like, oh my God, that is so offensive. And as we've covered on the pod before, I, a fat person, don't even know what a bonbon is. (laughs) 
<laughs> so I think that's super important to recognize. You know? but, it's, but it's wild too, because we know, like we've talked about this so many times, is that what we want from weight loss, what we want from a smaller body is not really the smaller body, right? It's all these doors that we think open up for us in life. All of the, you know, love and success and all of the things that we think we can't attain in a larger body. And so it's kind of like super fucked up that manifestation coaches or these, you know, spiritual people would use that like to just further that false narrative. Yeah. To be like, if you have the proper mindset, again, if you are controlled enough, if you are dedicated <laughs> enough, if you put mm-hmm. in the time and you don't fail, yeah. then then you'll have this big, beautiful life, right? Yeah. That comes with this smaller body. But like, bullshit. I call bullshit. Bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> you can have that big, beautiful life. You can use your the power of your own mind and manifestation to manifest all those open doors for yourself. It has nothing to do with having a smaller body. And they know, I mean, if they're clued in to what diet culture actually is, which they probably aren't. But anyway. They're not. They're not. But but we know that that, that idea will fail. That manifestation will fail because diets fail you. Diets will fail you time and time again. You cannot control yourself enough to get to that body and open all those doors without being in a restrictive, disordered mindset. And honestly... Very disordered. Life-threatening mindset. Life-threatening. And, right. and And I'm sorry, but like from a lifetime of eating disorders, no, I wasn't opening any doors for myself. Mm-mm. I was closing all of them. Right. I was making my world so much smaller right. by focusing on trying to make my body smaller. Absolutely. When I was at my smallest body... I was like the most quote health obsessed, right? Like fitness obsessed. And I was completely disordered. I was malnourished. I was never feeding myself enough. I was working myself out so hard that I got injuries, you know? And like, that's praise. Like, guys, no, that's not healthy. I was really, really sick. Like, that's not okay. And as I've gained weight... I've regained my health. Right. And so I just, I, I hate seeing these examples be used in these otherwise really great books. Yeah. These books that I'm like, oh my God, I love this book. I love what they're talking about. It is so, it's life-changing, honestly, when you really get into the world of recognizing that like our thoughts and beliefs create our experience. Like that's a really amazing world to be in and to in a way to live by. And so I hate that it gets polluted by diet culture. Yeah. And I hate that I have to like read that shit. I just roll my eyes and I'm like, great, you're but I had I, I try again to always have compassion. Like they're good people. They just are in diet culture and they just don't realize it. But I actually was in a a course like last last year, I think it was like a manifestation course I took. Mm-hmm. And she used you know, weight loss as an example. And in the Facebook group, I saw some people posting about their struggles with like eating disorders and like their weight. And I was like, oh my God, like this is a really amazing teacher who's teaching us such great things, but she's hurting people in the process by using that example. Yeah. I'm like, she would do herself such a huge favor just to not use that example. Just use a different example. Don't even go there. Just yeah. just leave that out. Just don't even go there. So I emailed <laughs> 
I emailed, of course, like the team because I was like, listen, like, I just want to, you know, like, and I, and I, I was like, I love what you do. I, I'm loving your course. Thank you so much. This is just one thing that happens to be my area of expertise. And I've seen people in the group posting about how it's hurting them. Yeah. But I, I heard the same teacher just like last week talk about the same example on her podcast. And I was like, well, apparently <laughs> that did nothing. I've I've done that before where like girls that I really liked their podcast, I would hear them say things about how they needed to lose weight or whatever, whatever. And I, this one girl who's like, you know, a YouTuber, whatever. And I had met her before. And so I sent her a message and was just like, hey, this just sort of stood out to me. You have a really large audience of young women, teenage girls, all this stuff. And I was like, you have such a great platform to be able to not say these things and maybe just like be be a little bit more conscious of what your the messages that you're putting out because they could be really harmful when you are a woman who does live in a very small body and then you're talking about needing to lose weight. Mm. It's it can sink into the minds of the people listening to you. She didn't respond to me, but you know. Right. It, it, it's just like, and I don't know, I'll probably like, like never email again just because I'm like, whatever. Like, you know what? Good riddance. It's fine. But it's just a matter of like when these really awesome people with yeah. really awesome messages and really important missions and they're doing really good work. But then the diet culture sneaks in. Yeah. And they end up hurting people, whether they realize it or not. They, they are hurting people through continuing those narratives. And it's just it's like, I mean, that sucks because you're so awesome. And I know that if you really, because they don't, they, they obviously don't get it, which I don't blame them. I blame diet culture. Right. But it's well, like, it's, if, if they really got it, if they really understood, they'd be like, oh my God, I don't want to do that. And that's why I emailed the chick who did my program. So I was like, I think she's a really great person and she's just not aware of how this impacts people, you know? And so I was hoping just to be like, hey, you're so great. I don't, you're not meaning to do this. Like, just FYI, this is how it can harm, right? Yeah. So it's just frustrating because you're like, man, we're trying to help you. Like, we're trying to help you because you're so great. Well, and it's just the fact that it's been so normalized. Right, exactly. For people to talk about these things. Yeah. And for it to be an example and, and to be such an, a normal example that people don't realize how sensitive we really should be because they don't realize how rampant eating disorders are mm. and how rampant diet culture is in this like really super harmful way. Yeah. That it does like, whether we realize it or not, like all of these comments happening so constantly in such a casual way can be super, super harmful. Absolutely. And it's like, we have to really recognize that, <laughs> and we said this over and over again, and we're going to say it again because we know that, you know, y'all don't listen to every single episode that we do. That like... Which you should. Which you mean you should, but like whatever, you know, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> like whatever, but also. Whatever, also. <laughs> but the fact that, again, if we go back to set point weight theory, guys, that like our, our weights are as genetic, genetic as our height, then when we're making all these like like really negative assumptions about people in larger bodies, that's just straight up discrimination. And it's not okay to discriminate against people based on anything, but like, you know, How it, they look. it's so fucked up. It's so fucked up. And we know the research shows us that this kind of weight stigma is what actually is contributing to 
all these health declines that we see. It's not actually the weight itself. We're seeing that weight stigma is an mm-hmm. independent risk factor for all the diseases, or not, I don't know, all, but many of the diseases that we blame on fat. Absolutely. And weight cycling, you know, losing weight and then regaining weight, which everyone does because of biology. Again, there's not a single medical study to show us that any diet, any weight loss, you know, journey is long-term sustainable. Not a single medical study, you guys. Let that sink in. Not one. Okay? So like, and that weight cycling causes so much stress on your body. And again, that that is causing the inflammation. And that is causing all these health, like negative health outcomes. Absolutely. So it's like, not only is it doing harm in terms of mental health and stigma and, you know, putting people into these really like like harmful boxes, you know, assuming all these things based on their character and how they live their lives based on their body size, like what? But we're also hurting them physically. We're actually hurting their physical health. Like diet culture, you sneaky bitch. Because <laughs> these people are doing great work in the world of self-help. They're doing great work in the world of personal growth and manifestation. I love what, what these people, I, I read good books. I like, I like these people. Yeah. But I hate that diet culture sneaks in. And I don't blame yeah. them. I blame diet culture. Diet culture is the sneaky bitch, not these wonderful teachers. Well, yeah. And I think it's, it's just one example of how diet culture is so insidious and so sneaky and does get into every aspect of our lives in ways that we don't even... Like, sometimes I'm fucking surprised. Oh, totally. About, I'm like, oh my God, why do I feel this way? And it's like, oh, that's actually just diet culture, like sneaking right in under the radar, fucking shit up. Like, it's so constant in so many aspects of our lives. And again, it's because it's been so normalized, right? Like it's been so normalized to be, to treat people differently based on the size of their body and to assume things about a person based on the size of their body to, to form relationships and like make judgments about a person based on the size of their body. And we say this, and it's one of those things that I've had this I've coached around this a lot with a lot of different clients, and and it all they'll all say, and I'm sure y'all at home listening are feeling the same way. Like when we say this, you're like, oh my god, duh! It, you probably already hold that as a value that you wouldn't judge somebody by the way that they look, and yet we do it, yeah, all the goddamn time when it comes to body size because it's been so normalized that we're like, oh my god. Mm-hmm. So even like people that don't typically stand for that are standing for that. Yeah. Without even realizing it because diet culture is a sneaky bitch. She really is. She really is. She's such a bitch. She's such a bitch. She's <laughs> been really loud lately with some things like there's a, a documentary series on 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 called uh, Unwell mm-hmm. on, on Netflix. And I had high hopes because um, our homegirl, Christy Harrison, hey. was interviewed in this episode about intermittent fasting, Mm. which is, you know, of course, just... Intermittent anorexia? Just uh, rebranding anorexia. Right. Diet culture has done a lot of rebrands. A lot of (laughs) rebrands. 
so many rebrands. You've honestly got to like, you've got to be impressed by her PR people because <laughs> she is like, no, it's a lifestyle change. Like, no, it's just... It, oh, it's just so It's just a dumb. diet in disguise. It's, so it's just another diet. No, totally. And so if I, I, I would not recommend you watch the documentary Unwell, um, at least the, the episode on intermittent fasting. I would not recommend it. Um, if you have watched it, because I know a lot of people have, I watched it because I got some DMs about it and I was like, yeah. oh, I'm interested. And Christy I Harrison's have, in it. I have it. not watched it. Um, so here, here are my thoughts on, on that just very quickly. The good part of that documentary was Christy Harrison. The bad part, they need more Christy Harrison. <laughs> was everything else. <laughs> <laughs> so like, so it's all about fasting, you guys. And like, I could tell that like, and they probably had three, maybe three people that were on the anti-diet side and, and saying how how deeply harmful yeah. fasting is, like like life-threatening, you know, like it's it's harmful. It's not, it's not okay. How there really isn't the data long term to show positive effects of fasting. <laughs> like, uh, yeah, it's just not supported. So they had, had like three stories. I mean, one guy literally did die. Like, yeah. And, and his wife was on the documentary. So like they, they did show the other side, but it was very, very, very skewed to really support fasting. And they had this like woman and her story about her going to this like center where you live there for like 30 days. You live there? You legit live there and fast like with these doctors or whatever. And so of course... They end the documentary at the end of her fast. And so, of course, like they, they end it on, oh, all these positive outcomes for her. Oh, she reversed these things. She's, you know, lost some weight. She's no longer diabetic. Like, the, you know, some these things. And that's where they leave us. So it's like, that's obviously that was their, that was their real slant. Right. Was to be like, oh, it's actually good. But here's where diet culture is sneaky bitch. Most diets, you guys, when we look at the studies on diets, they only show us what happens in the short term. And so, yeah, if all of a sudden you're like, I don't know, eating more veggies or whatever, then yeah, like you're going to have short-term effects. Like, or you can even have short-term effects, like like, health, like positive health effects when you lose weight. It's not because of the weight loss. It's because you're like moving your body more and whatever. And these, this fasting can have, apparently can have some short-term positive health effects. But... What <laughs> it doesn't show, what most diet studies, well, what all diet studies don't show, and what this documentary didn't show is what happens to that lady a year later? Yeah. What happens to her three years later? What happens to her five years later? Because the research is is strong that we see that the weight always comes back. It's like it's like the the Cinderella effect or the rom-com thing, right? Where you end the movie at the beginning of the relationship. Ah. You end the movie on the wedding day. Damn. That's not, that's not where the work and happens. And then happily ever after. And then happily ever after. And you don't oh, see shit. shit. You don't see shit that Rest happens up. once you're in the relationship, once you're in the marriage, once you're doing the work of being somebody's partner. Who fucking knows? But di with diet culture, with a lot of this stuff, it's the Cinderella effect. You oh, are seeing yeah. what happens in the before, in the in the leading up, like in the very small part of your life compared to, you know, like 
after you meet your person, yes. right? After you get married, <gasps> after after the rom com ends, then what fucking the happens? Cinderella effect, yes. which I just made up, but like it's a real no, thing. I like that <laughs> because because that's so true, you guys. And when you actually zoom out and you actually see the and you actually see the research of what happens after diets, it's that the weight comes back, and then we see our health plummet. Yeah, that's why the, the we we see in the research that people who chronically diet have high blood pressure, have higher uh, cholesterol, right? Have problems with their health. Yeah, it's not because of the weight; it's because they've chronically been dieting, and those are are direct outcomes of again the weight cycling and the weight stigma, and and we know that because these studies will have the control group. And the control group is always people in the larger bodies who aren't trying to lose weight. And they see, oh, wow, those people have like better blood pressure and better cholesterol and all these things. Mm. Or like intuitive eating studies have consistently shown us how it lowers your blood pressure, cholesterol improves, our self-esteem improves, all these things improve. We spend more time being active. Like all these things improve with intuitive eating. And that has been shown over and over and over again. I just had a client who wrapped up with me um, probably in like January or February, I think it was. And she emailed me like a month ago, like, Julie, I'm so pumped. I went to my doctor, got my lab work back. Like all my numbers are so great. It's such a relief. I'm so pumped about it. You know, because that was, she, she was concerned about her health. Yeah. And rightly so. Like we want to have good health. That's like a wonderful thing to care about. And through intuitive eating, boom, right? She was able to heal her relationship with food, body, self, and her health improved. And that's not a coincidence. That's what the research shows us. Right. Period. Diet culture. She's a sneaky bitch. She's a sneaky bitch. Hey, friend. It's Steph here. So I bet you have heard a lot about my goddess sessions here on the pod, and you have been saying, I'll do that when. I'll do a goddess session when I lose the weight, when I feel good in my body, when I do this or that or whatever. And I am here to tell you, do it now. If you've been waiting for a sign, this is it, baby. You don't need to wait to celebrate yourself until you reach some invisible peak. You are ready to be seen. You are ready to celebrate yourself and you are ready to heal your relationship with your body so that you can step into your power now and in the rest of your life. Come join the Goddess Gang. Come join me for a Goddess Session. I can't wait to see you. So something that I have been thinking about a lot is like how diet culture informs the way that we are like in our relationships with other people. Mm. And so I'm back in therapy. Snaps for therapy. Snap, snap, snap. But we have been talking about how trauma lives in the brain and how it informs the way that you make decisions. And so much of our body image like struggles can really be related to trauma Mm. from early on in our lives, things that we carry and the way that our brain reacts to stimuli, to triggers in our adult lives as we're getting older, then we respond with our trauma-informed responses in like, you know, our amygdala like goes nuts and we have these super huge emotional reactions and we cannot process like a normal piece of information. And it just makes me so fucking mad that then we have this huge diet culture industry that basically feeds off of that 
trauma response that we have because it's so easy for trauma. We know trauma lives in our bodies. Mm -hmm. Like our responses to things, our feelings, they all do really like live inside of our bodies and we carry that with us. And so for for this (laughs) diet culture to be constantly rebranding and shifting and morphing and sneaking her sucky little claws in on something like trauma Ah! pisses me off so hard. So hard. Yeah. Because and, and, it, and it really can just like seep into every aspect of our lives mm. and how we interact with the world, how the lens that we view life with. Like, you know, I have struggled with so many aspects of my life of like being confident in myself with like relationships, like thinking, you know, I never thought that like, I was thin or beautiful enough for like guys to like me when I was growing up. And all of that gets so wrapped up in our bodies and our self-esteem and our belief systems and how we see the whole world. And it's just this bitch diet culture sneaking in and taking advantage of what we're living with as people. Mm. Diet culture, sneaky fucking bitch. Such a bitch. Such a bitch. And it makes me think of too, um, I did some some talks this week to some college students, which was so much fun. I yeah. loved it. And this question came up, which is a really great question. And it also shows how, again, diet culture, not people, diet culture is a sneaky bitch. Because it has us think that we have to be pursuing weight loss, that we have to be on a diet or having food rules in order to be healthy in order to pursue health when it does the exact opposite, right? It's like, diet culture, you sneaky bitch. You have us associating dieting and weight loss with health when those things are actually, when you look at the, the real research, are shown to actually hurt our health. And so what I want to offer here is a, a reframe on health that I think is really, really powerful. And when I said it in these talks, the girls were like, oh my God, I've never thought about it like that. And that's so powerful. And it is this, like, we need to start looking at health, you guys. I mean, at least you don't have to, but I, I like to look at health this way personally. <laughs> that like health for me is being able to show up and fully live my life to the best that I can. So it means that like mentally, physically, emotionally, I am taking care of myself as best I can to show up fully and present to enjoy my life. Yeah. So if I want to have kids, if I, which is also a privilege, I, I you know, Anyways, that's a whole other topic. But like, you know, or I want to go hike, you know, a, a mountain. Or if I want to ride my bike. Or I want to, you know, travel the world. Or these things. It's like that, That you know, requires that I take care of myself so I can do those things, right? So I have the mm-hmm. ability to do those things. Okay, cool. So if that's what health is, being able to like fully show up and live your life, be present and enjoy it. Then let's look at what takes away from that. So one thing that takes away on on one end, one extreme, was who I was in college. And who I was in college was I was hyper-obsessed, right? With, quote, health. I was addicted to exercise. I was, you know, dieting extreme. I mean, that was when I was really in my disordered eating and was binging and purging. I was constantly stressed out about my weight, constantly stressed out about my food, constantly stressed out about my exercise routine, always distracted by it, never fully present with my, with my friends. I would miss out on things to like go work out. I missed out on things like, you know, 
eating pizza because I was back in the door and making kale chips. You know what I mean? Like that's not that's not healthy. That was taking me away from my life. Yeah. I was all consumed in this thing that I was not fully living my life. Those are all losses, not gains. Right. I was totally taken away from my life. So shit, that's not healthy. But then on the other extreme, right? If I'm not connecting with my body, I'm not listening to her, I'm not caring for her, for her physical, mental, emotional needs right? And I'm just like, well, screw it, whatever. And I'm, I'm not yeah. moving my body. I'm not asking her what sounds good food-wise. I'm not thinking about nourishing her. Then like, well, that's also not going to be great because then I'm going to like just kind of atrophy. Right. And not have the ability, mental, emotional, physical ability to show up for my life. And now guys, there's no moral judgments here on any end of the spectrum. Our worth is inherent just from being born always give that blanket statement. We're here. That's all that that's right? all that we need. But in terms of health, right? Speaking of if you want to 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 pursue health, okay. That to me is how, right? We have to be in that middle ground because either way, either way we'll just we'll, we'll subtract and take away. Mm-hmm. And so diet culture doesn't get doesn't get to own health. Doesn't get to own health. It doesn't. Yeah. The two are not synonyms like diet and health, I think that we have been so programmed to believe that you need one for the other. Yeah. That you need to control. Right. You need to be like so domineering over your health, but it's not your health. That's your diet. That's your intake. That's your output. Yes. It's not the same as health, which is a more holistic, like mental, physical, emotional thing. Right. Right. And so I think people will hear about anti-diet. They'll hear about intuitive eating. And they think that we're anti-health. And they're like, oh my God, but like, I want to be healthy. It's like, well, yeah. Same. Same. (laughs) And this is actually the only way to achieve real health. Well, yeah. You know? I mean, and it's it's this idea that that your physical health is a separate entity from your mental mm. and your emotional health when in yes. actuality they all live together in sort of like an ecosystem. Yes. Right? Like right. It's, it's like you can't have one without the other right. because realistically like the way that you feel emotionally mentally is going to impact the way that you feel physically and vice versa. And so to put all of the pressure onto our physical representation can really diminish our mental and emotional health. Mm. And I mean, you yeah. you think about also yeah. like the really extreme diet shit, right? Like you know, I know there was a thing that came up with Jillian Michaels. Like, fu- <laughs> who fucking cares? I I didn't I didn't watch that video. People sent it to me. I gave I it. I have no interest. All of maybe five minutes. Yeah, and it was so stigmatizing. She completely misrepresented intuitive eating. Had no idea what she was talking about. And but you guys, here's the bottom line. Listening to Jillian Michaels, which by the way, she's just a personal trainer. Yeah. But we act like she's a health expert. Because she's on TV, Jules. Thank <laughs> you guys. We have a TV person in so, the, the Oval Office. I was, mean, clearly. It was so funny because she's there like critiquing the 10 principles of intuitive eating that, that was legit like created and researched by two dietitians. Right. Who have like multiple certifications in their field. 
which has been validated by plenty of academic researchers, one of which, which shout out to Dr. Tracy Tilka at Ohio State, who validated a lot of the intuitive eating assessments and things like that. So just, I'm like, LOL, here's this like personal trainer, like critiquing this whole paradigm that's like based in extensive research and created by dietitians. Who do you want to believe, guys? Like the dietitians and like the researchers or... Jillian Michaels, the personal trainer. Anyways, so here's the th- here's the real tea with that though. Listening to Jillian Michaels talk about intuitive eating is like listening to the CEO of like the biggest, you know, country or the biggest um company that that has like the most pollution, all right? That has like the most pollution em- emitting company, talk about climate change. Right. Of course they're one of they, they want to discredit it because they are making billions of dollars and millions of dollars, right, on their pollution-emitting company. Right. And so Jillian Michaels has made, I don't know, I'm guessing millions. I'm sure she's made millions. And so millions of dollars based in diet culture when the first principle of intuitive eating is to reject the diet mentality. So, of course, she would try and undermine it. Because if she were to accept intuitive eating and be like, oh yeah, this is really great, then she would be discrediting her entire life's work. Not to mention, guys, there are, you can go Google this. There are some really, really, it's really sad, honestly. It's it's super, super sad. There are so many studies that have been done on the biggest loser participants and show how fucked their bodies are, like internally, their health yeah. is, at, like as a result of that show. Well, and that was what I was going to say, you know, is that you look at something like The Biggest Loser, where number one, we are making fat people our entertainment. To watch them, I mean, it's, it's so horrifying to watch that show and see the way that Jillian Michaels speaks to people. People not pounds to be lost, human beings, who she's screaming at them to, I mean, and and Brene Brown says this, but like shame is not a valuable way to incite change Mm -hmm. in people. So shaming a person for what is their body size, which is just fucking batshit crazy. Yep. But to be screaming at these people to think of what they emotionally have gone through mm. in that process to lo- to lose a few pounds, to get smaller. And then the show's over and what happens? And you have to think about the long-term effects of a traumatic experience like that because yeah. that's trauma. That is that's trauma for a person. Absolutely. Yeah, so she's inflicting trauma. She's inflicting trauma. Yeah. And so, fuck Jillian Michaels. I don't give a <laughs> fuck what she has to say. But but it's yeah. we have to think yeah. about our health as being more than just the weight on a scale, the number that yeah. gravity holds you down to the earth with. Right. Like right. I saw a post from a dietitian that was like trying to gauge someone's health by the number on the scale is like trying to gauge someone's health by like the color of their mood ring. Mood rings are obviously mm, super super concise. Just. But guys, it's also the same as like saying, oh, I can tell your health by your height. Yeah. That doesn't make 
sense. I can tell your height or I can tell your health by your eye color. Right. It's just like, no, 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 no. Jillian also was in that Unwell documentary. And it was so funny because she was like, I just wish that, and talking about like the anti-diet people, like intuitive eating or whatever, that they would have an open mind. And like, can we have a dot? And like, what's so funny about that? And I've had people be like, well, you need to be open to my point of view. And I'm like, you realize that I grew up in your point of view, right? Mm-hmm. You realize that I was so indoctrinated and entrenched in your point of view and diet culture and your point of view that it led me to disordered eating, right? That it, that it led to like the demise of my health. But like, I was it. I lived that. I I I I ate. What, what do they say? I eat, sleep, and breathe. Whatever. I ate, slept, and, and breathed that for like 20 years of my life. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. trust me, I get diet culture. I get the whole, quote, obesity, whatever. I get it. I worked in public health. I get it. So don't tell me diet culture to open my mind to you. Well, it's like the people who like, who like, what? who like health, what are they called? Like health police or whatever on Instagram, right? Like people are like, well, I just like want the best for you. It's like, do you though? Or do you just want, do you, are you just so unable to accept that a person would not subscribe to your version yeah. of the world? That's what it is. That's because, exactly what it is. Because the audacity of a person in a larger body <laughs> to actually enjoy their life and like <sighs> their body and like themselves when somebody else, like it, I can, I get it. Like all the grace to those people because they are so deeply entrenched in diet culture where it's like, it, would it's so impossible to watch a person be outside of that mentality because a, a person who believes that like all of their worth comes from their thinness would be like, well, what the fuck am I supposed to do then? If my body doesn't grant me access to these things in the world, then how do I get them? It's like, oh, you have to just be a person. I don't know. <laughs> um, but like right. it, it is. It shakes their whole worldview. It shakes their entire yeah. worldview. It's yeah. so true. Yeah, yeah. And again, I don't blame the people. Well, I blame Jillian Michaels for sure. But I, I blame, like, this is all about diet culture, you don't guys. Don't hate the player, hate the game. Like, I don't, we, we're not against people who diet. We're against diet culture. Exactly. I, I dieted for like, again, 20 years of my life. I, yeah, I dieted <laughs> forever, for 25 years. Yeah, I yeah. mean, and it's true. It's It's so hard. I think that's the thing. And it's the thing I hear a lot from my clients or my friends is like, once you see it, you can't unsee it, right? So, once, so true. Once you tap into this larger worldview of understanding mm-hmm. that dieting is actually not the end-all be-all of our existence here on earth. Yeah. And it's like, then you start to pick up on these things, right? That's when you, you're you reading books that are about larger lifestyle like ways of living and you're like, oh shit, well, there's the diet culture piece. There's the part that brings up dieting. Yeah. You're you're having, you know, you're try, trying to date or trying to have a relationship with a person and you start feeling all of those things swim around in your head of like, well, what do I need to be for this? Like, you know, what do I need to be for this other person? And then you're like, oh shit, well, then there's the diet culture telling me again that like, if my body is not perfect, for another person whose body is probably also not perfect because that's not a real thing. It's just your mind gets so fucked and but you have to start listening for it and you have to start noticing these things. And it's like like you how you have to catch a dog like while they're 
doing something bad in order to be like, hey, don't fucking do that. You have to catch yourself in the middle of these thoughts and be like, oh, wait, there it is. There's diet culture seeping in again. And fuck that bitch. And don't blame you. Blame the sneaky bitch of diet culture. Exactly. Yeah. Acknowledge that these thoughts coming in are because we have grown up and we have subscribed to diet culture. We've grown up in it. We are just swimming Mm. in diet culture. Yes. Another way that diet culture is a sneaky bitch, you guys, is... I mean, I see it. I was legit just talking to a friend who is also a coach. And she was telling me about me about this, actually. And it's these trainers or health coaches who will be like, listen, and I... Compassion. Because like, they're trying. They just don't fully get it. And again, I don't blame them. I blame diet culture. <laughs> but they're like, oh, do this program where we monitor your calories or your macros or intermittent fasting or whatever it is, whatever diet it is. Those are all diets, right? Do these things. And then when you graduate from our program, then you do intuitive eating. (laughs) And (laughs) it just, that's so backwards. It's like, let's intentionally pollute the earth to then clean it up after. That doesn't make sense. You wouldn't want to intentionally pollute the planet to then like the plan is after you pollute it to like then go clean it up. Because <laughs> she's like, like, so that you have something to do. Should I fucked it up? Like I better clean it up, right? Like th- it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. It does not make sense because you guys, intuitive eating, what it is, it's not just like, oh, I eat what I want, which I think that's what people don't get. They're like, oh, intuitive, I, I listen to my body. I just like whatever. There's so much to it. It's complex, actually, because, and it's complex because diet culture has fucked us up. And so intuitive eating is a 10-step, like a 10-principle um, process that helps us to peel back the layers that diet culture has put on us, that has taken us away from that true that true connection with our bodies. It's taken us away from being able to easily listen to our bodies and trust and respect her and nourish her in that very organic, natural way. Yeah. And so intuitive eating is the process of getting back to our natural mechanisms of being yeah. able to listen to, trust, and connect to our bodies. And so diet culture puts... Puts those like, like adds those layers to us. Diet culture creates the barriers, creates right. the separation right. between us and this really natural right. human thing of right. just eating. Right, right. And so it makes zero sense if someone's if someone's trying to tell you, oh, you do our program that limits you in some way, right? Right, some sort of restriction, calories, macros, whatever it is. But then you do intuitive eating after. Have that be a a, a flashing light of like, oh. This isn't what I want. This isn't going to be helpful because it's just like they're going to fuck you up more. And then when you get into intuitive eating, well, it won't be real intuitive eating, obviously. Obviously, that's not what's actually happening. But even if they were to be doing like real intuitive eating, you'd have to then, you have more work to undo. Right. Like that doesn't make any sense. Like let's tie my shoes in a million knots so that I can, so I can like try and untie all that. Like, no, you, don't want to do that. Like, well, and I think the the biggest thing that is so this is why diet culture does what it does, right? Because 
eating should be a pretty simple thing for humans, just like how we breathe and how we drink water to stay alive. Like eating is a thing we do to stay alive. It shouldn't come with all of these rules and feelings and shame and guilt. And it shouldn't have all these layers tied to it. It's like we've said it on the pod before. Like we put so much on food that it doesn't deserve. Like we really, I mean, food did not deserve the bad rap that she got. Like, she's just here to keep us alive. And food can also be a really beautiful thing of like helping us connect with each other, like bringing people together, like being a really beautiful human experience of like eating. And we have just like torn it apart into something that we don't trust ourselves with. We don't trust ourselves to eat what's going to make us feel good, what's going to give us energy, what's going to help us live our lives. We And it's because diet culture has been whispering in our ears since we were born, girl, you can't trust yourself. Yeah. You're going to eat all of that. Yeah. You're going to eat all of that, aren't you? Yeah. And it's like, so fucking what? Yeah. You know? And and yeah. it's it's getting back. Like, I think that what people really get wrong about like intuitive eating or like whatever is that we don't think we can trust ourselves. Mm-hmm. We don't. Because we've been raised to believe that that trust has not been earned when in actuality, like if we just do trust ourselves and we actually build that connection instead of control, we will feed ourselves what's going to help us live. Yes. And you guys, that's like, that's why I coach. Because it's not, it's not like it should be simple, but it's not simple because of diet culture. And so it takes a lot of work to get back to that natural state. Right. You just like snap your fingers and you're like, oh, boom, intuitive eater, right? Like I, I wish, but unfortunately we have so many limiting beliefs around food that it's completely, you know, messed up our relationship with food that it takes work to get back there. And it's really hard to do that work on your own. Yeah. Because you have so many limiting beliefs. And again, diet culture is such a sneaky bitch. Like she's in you in ways that you don't even realize. She was in me in ways that I didn't realize, Right that like it's really hard to do on your own. And there are very real fears and all these things that we need to work through together to get you to that place where you can have that easy relationship with food again. You know, I was that binger. I I binged and I purged, you guys. I had a terrible relationship with food. It was all or nothing. It was awful. Yeah, And I looked at people who... I felt had normal relationships with food who could like have pizza and eat chips. And I, I was like, wow, like, you're so lucky. Like I, I, I thought it was like, like they were unicorns. Like how do you do that? I could never keep chips in my house. I could never just have one piece of pizza. Like I could never just do, I, I could never do that. I had to have like the whole the thing or I had to like eat the whole bag in one sitting. Like I didn't have a choice. It felt like this is just my problem. And so many people feel the same way. They're like, what's wrong with me? No, Mm -hmm. I need control. When actually it's all the rules and all the quote control from diet culture that has led us to be to have this messed up relationship with food. Right. It's led us to that, you guys. But it's so amazing now. Like I have such a beautiful relationship with food now. And as an intuitive eater, I eat like a variety of foods. I actually, Steph, after the podcast, gotta tell you some big news. Well, we can say it right here, but like I'll tell you the details later. Okay. I finally learned how to make the bomb salad. 
You learned how to make a salad. No, like, I'm so excited. So my mother-in-law makes the greatest, and it's a, it's, a, it's a simple salad. It's not like anything crazy, but it's like amazing. And we often go to their house for dinner on Sunday night. And I, she makes the same salad like every time, right? And I, I love it. Like I love this salad. So finally, after my bad salad I made you last time. That was not a bad salad. It, it was wasn't just good. a medium salad because I, first it of all, wasn't salad great. is so boring. It I just great. don't care. And like, I never like a salad unless someone else makes it. Listen, for me. <laughs> you will you will lose your mind when you eat my new salad. So right. I finally was like, wait, I've been with Alex for seven years now, and I've only been eating the salad for seven years. <laughs> like, why have I not just asked my mother-in-law the secrets? So I finally did. I'm like, how do you make your dressing? Like, because I, I could see the other parts. Okay, chop the lettuce nice and fine. I, it's you know, got to be small. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Lettuce has to be but in then, small like, the bites. The dressing was like the key piece. And so I finally like got this special olive oil and vinegar that she uses from the store in Westerville. And I, it's a game changer in my life. And I'm like, I thank her like every day. I'm like, oh my God, thank you so much. This is so amazing. Right. Anyways, but like, so I'm an intuitive beer, guys. I eat all the things. I eat my, I call it my Tony salad and I eat eggs and I eat goldfish and I eat burgers and I have aioli on my fries and I like, I eat all the foods. Right. But in a really healthy way, right? Because I, I'm not binging anymore. I'm not out of control anymore. I don't, you know, it's just, I have a healthy relationship with food. You haven't applied all of the feelings of shame and guilt to There's certain foods. no shame and, you and guilt anymore. And you have put other foods up on a pedestal. Like right. you don't have it, right. this, this huge layered complex right. thing it's about so food. It's just easy. fucking food. It's, it's just, just so food. easy. It's pleasurable. It's like, yeah. And guess what? My lab work is great. Like I even accidentally ate right before my blood work. Because I was like, shit, I probably fucked it up. And it was still fine. <laughs> <laughs> so my blood's really good. My blood work is really good because I even ate right before the fasting blood test. It was still good. But yeah. So there's that. I think it's just all, all of these things that we've put on our relationships with our food and our body. Like it is, it's hard to, I'm sure it's hard to listen to the two of us and be like, yeah, it's easy for you. But it wasn't. It wasn't easy for either of us. And we still do work every single day and we've had help. And I think that's really an important thing too is like I... So many of my clients come in for goddess sessions and everybody's at a different place in their journey, right? With like a lot of women come in and like that's the first step for them. Oh, so powerful. Which is so powerful. Yeah. But and it it can be really hard Mm -hmm. to sort of like give yourself those first few pushes mm-hmm. like to start working with a coach to come yes. do a goddess session to yes. to even start just like reading the books and like like listening yes. listening to our podcast is a great place yeah absolutely but absolutely it, but it is it's important to know that you're not alone in it because diet culture gains so much of her power from isolating mm-hmm. us mm-hmm. and making us believe that it is a problem with us yeah that was something that like I know when I was younger, like I never talked to my friends about all of the problems with my body unless we were all just like shitting on ourselves. Yeah. Which it's it's like we're we're trained again for that to be a way that we connect with each other. Yeah. And so to to be able to sort of like open up this conversation in your own life mm-hmm. and open up this conversation with other people mm-hmm. and find people who 
have are going through it, have gone through it, like are are trying to like rebuild that connection with food and with health and with their body in their own life, yeah, can help you oh so much, so much. And so if you feel like you're you're trying and you've been listening to our podcast, trying to to heal your own relationship with food and your body, and you still feel stuck and it still feels hard, get help, you guys. We are here for you. Yeah. What I love so much is I recently had a client who... I've had a few clients for sure do uh, goddess sessions. Absolutely. But this one was one where she intentionally did my coaching and then did a goddess session with Steph mm-hmm. as as a way to really embody and step more fully into the work that that we did together in coaching and it was it's just like the most beautiful beautiful way to combine our work and i i just yeah. love it so much and you guys there's a really really big difference between listening to podcasts and like reading books and actually truly doing the work yeah. You know, it's like I could read about how to surf and understand how to surf. But if I never got in the water and actually got on the surfboard, do you think I can actually surf? Well, and it's also like using that, you know, that analogy of like surfing, right? Like you can understand the concept. You can probably visualize what it might be like. But in actuality, like to feel the aliveness that comes with living an experience, with surfing, like being out in the water, feeling the water under your hands and, and like rushing past you, feeling the speed of being on a surfboard, like all of these things, right? That come from being a person alive, all the way mm. turned up, like doing something. And especially for the first time, trying mm. something new and it's a little bit scary and you're a little bit afraid. And then you get into it and you're like, Oh, you just come alive, right? Like I see it in That's every single the goddess session. I see right it there. in every single yes. goddess session that I do. Is that it's yeah. it's that that magic of mm. being a person and being so connected to yourself and an experience. Yeah, and it can be that way with connecting to your own body, yes. right? Like, and and yes. you are worth taking that step, overcoming that fear, mm. putting yourself in the real life situation. You're worth every single minute of that. Yeah. Absolutely. So you guys, we're here for you. If you listen to this and we're like, oh my God, yeah, like diet culture is still so in me. Like, yeah, it's in all of us. We live and breathe diet culture. And if you really, you know, are serious about wanting to heal your own relationship with food and take your life back from diet culture and get to a place where like Steph and I are, right? We're here for you. Yeah. You know, so you can check out my mini courses, of course, as a podcast Listener, you you can use the code BabesmentPod. You get it for 80% off. That brings it down to like 29 bucks for my my new one, 19 bucks for my older one. Right. I do have my group, my, my group coaching program open, the Diet Detox 180. So that, that gives you more extensive support through intuitive eating. We have monthly group coaching calls. We have our Facebook community. It's it's an amazing group of women. It's so freaking awesome. Like we're there to support you. you have access to me right? Book a goddess session with Steph. Like, don't just read about surfing. Like, go surf. Like, go experience what it's like to be behind her lens, to celebrate your body, to be in your body, to be seen in your body as she is, and to feel what it's like to really be in the truth 
of your enoughness, of your value, your worth, your humanity. Yeah. The whole, because the whole reason we're here, right, is to be alive. The Mm. whole reason we're here is to live it up, right? So are you living? Are you all the way turned up? Are you all the way turned up alive? If not, we're here for you. That's why we have this podcast. So let us support you. Come let hang us, with us. Let us light you up. Oh my God. I lift you up. <laughs> and we're back again to the Julie Variety Hour. <laughs> lift you up. It's not my actual voice. It's my fake voice. Just FYI. No, that's really how Julie sang. I am actually classically trained. I did know that. <laughs> I think you brought it up on the podcast before. I probably have. <laughs> It's like a fun fact. It's like no one knows that about me. Except everybody who listens to the podcast. That one episode. <laughs> but now you all know that too. Shout, right. out to, shout out to my voice teacher, Ron, from Westside Vocal Academy, uh, 2000, whatever it was. And my college vocal teacher, Raisa. She was awesome. Singing. It's great. <laughs> okay, on that note... I gotta gotta go. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. We love you all so much. Thanks Thanks for tuning in. We love you. Bye. Thank you so much for tuning into another episode of The Babes Mint. We hope you're feeling a little more at home in your body and inspired as hell. If you're ready to change your relationship with your body and yourself, we are here for you. Snag a goddess session with Steph. Or join Jules' coaching program, The Diet Detox 180. The links are on our website to learn more and sign up. And of course, if you loved this episode, we would so appreciate if you could spread the love a little bit. So share the episode. Rate the show. Leave a review. Subscribe. You know what to do. It's 2020. (laughs) (laughs) Until next time. Thanks. We love you. Bye. Bye. Bye.